Chapter 7, verses 1 through 30 of Catina Aria, Gospel of St. Mark, by St. Thomas Aquinas. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter 7, verses 1 through 13. Then came together unto him the Pharisees and certain of the scribes which came from Jerusalem, when they saw some of his disciples eat bread with defiled, that is to say, with unwashen hands, they found fault. For the Pharisees and all the Jews, except they wash their hands oft, eat not, holding the tradition of the elders. And when they come from the market, except they wash, they eat not. And many other things there be which they have received to hold, as the washing of cups and pots, brazen vessels, and of tables. Then the Pharisees and Sadducees asked him, Why walk not thy disciples according to the tradition of the elders, but eat bread with unwashed hands? He answered and said unto them, Well has Elias prophesied of you hypocrites. As it is written, This people honoreth me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. Howbeit in vain do they worship me, teaching for doctrines the commandments of men. For laying aside the commandment of God, ye hold the tradition of men, as the washing of pots and cups, and many other such like things ye do. And he said unto them, Full well ye reject the commandment of God, that ye may keep your own tradition. For Moses said, Honor thy father and thy mother, and whoso curses father or mother, let him die the death. But ye say, If a man shall say to his father or mother, it is Corban, that is to say, a gift, by whatsoever thou mightest be profited by me, he shall be free. And ye suffer him no more to do aught for his father or his mother, making the word of God of none effect through your tradition, which ye have delivered, and many such like things do ye. Bede, the people of the land of Gennesaret, who seemed to be unlearned men, not only come themselves, but also bring their sick to the Lord, that they may but succeed in touching the hem of his garment. But the Pharisees and the scribes, who ought to have been the teachers of the people, run together to the Lord, not to seek for healing, but to move capacious questions. Wherefore it is said, Then there came together unto him the Pharisees and certain of the scribes, coming from Jerusalem. And when they saw some of his disciples eat bread with common, that is, with unwashed hands, they found fault. Theophylact. For the disciples of the Lord, who were taught only the practice of virtue, used to eat in a simple way, without washing their hands. But the Pharisees, wishing to find an occasion of blame against them, took it up. They did not indeed blame them as transgressors of the law, but for transgressing the traditions of the elders. Wherefore it goes on, for the Pharisees and all the Jews, except they wash their hands oft, eat not, holding the tradition of the elders. Bede. For taking the spiritual words of the prophets in a carnal sense, they observe by washing the body alone commandments which concerned the chastening of the heart and deeds, saying, Wash you, make you clean. And again, Be ye clean, that bear the vessels of the Lord. It is therefore a superstitious human tradition that men who are clean already should wash oftener because they eat bread, and that they should not eat on leaving the market without washing. But it is necessary for those who desire to partake of the bread which comes down from heaven 
often to clean their evil deeds by alms, by tears, and the other fruits of righteousness. It is also necessary for a man to wash thoroughly away the pollutions which he has contracted from the cares of temporal business, by being afterwards intent on good thoughts and works. In vain, however, do the Jews wash their hands and cleanse themselves after the market. So long as they refuse to be washed in the font of the Savior, in vain do they observe the washing of their vessels, who neglect to wash away the filthy sins of their bodies and of their hearts. It goes on, then the scribes and Pharisees asked him, Why walk not thy disciples after the tradition of the elders, but eat bread with common hands? Jerome, wonderful is the folly of the scribes and Pharisees. They accuse the Son of God because he keeps not the traditions and precepts of men. But common is here put for unclean, for the people of the Jews, boasting that they were the portion of God, called those meats common, which all made use of. Pseudo-Jerome, he beats back the vain words of the Pharisees with his arguments, as men drive back dogs with weapons, by interpreting Moses and Isaiah, though we too, by the word of Scripture, may conquer the heretics who oppose us. Wherefore it goes on, well hath Isaiah prophesied of you hypocrites. As it is written, this people honoreth me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. Pseudo-Chrysostom, for since they unjustly accused the disciples not of transgressing the law, but the commands of the elders, he sharply confounds them, calling them hypocrites, as looking with reverence upon what was not worthy of it. He adds, however, the words of Isaiah the prophet, as spoken of them, as though he would say, As those men of whom it is said that they honor God with their lips, whilst their heart is far from me, in vain pretend to observe the dictates of piety, whilst they honor the doctrines of men. So ye also neglect your soul, of which ye should take care, and blame those who live justly. Pseudo Jerome, but pharisaical tradition, as to tables and vessels, is to be cut off and cast away, for they often make the commands of gods yield to the traditions of men. Wherefore it continues, for laying aside the commandments of God, ye hold to the traditions of men, as the washing of pots and cups. Pseudo Chrysostom, moreover, to convict them of neglecting the reverence due to God, for the sake of the tradition of the elders, which was opposed to the holy scriptures, he subjoins, For Moses said, Honor thy father and thy mother, and whoso curseth father or mother, let him die the death. Bede, the sense of the word honor in scripture is not so much the saluting and paying court to men as almsgiving and bestowing gifts. Honor, says the apostle, widows who are widows indeed. Pseudo Chrysostom, notwithstanding the existence of such a divine law, and the threats against such as break it, ye lightly transgress the commandment of God, observing the traditions of the elders. Wherefore there follows, but ye say, if a man shall say to his father or mother, it is Corban, that is to say, a gift, by whatsoever thou mightest be profited by me, understand he will be freed from the observation of the foregoing command. Wherefore it continues, and ye suffer him no more to do aught for his father or his mother. Theophylact, for the Pharisees wishing to devour the offerings, instructed sons, when their parents asked for some of their property, 
to answer them, What thou hast asked of me is Corban, that is, a gift, and I have already offered it up to the Lord. Thus the parents would not require it, as being offered up to the Lord, and in that way profitable for their own salvation. Thus they deceived the sons into neglecting their parents, whilst they themselves devoured the offerings. With this, therefore, the Lord reproaches them, as transgressing the law of God for the sake of gain. Wherefore it goes on, making the word of God of none effect through your traditions, which ye have delivered. And many such like things do ye, transgressing, that is, the commandments of God, that ye may observe the traditions of men. Pseudo-Chrysostom. Or else it may be said that the Pharisees taught young persons that if a man offered a gift in expiation of the injury done to his father or mother, he was free from sin, as having given to God the gifts which are owed to a parent. And in saying this, they did not allow parents to be honored. Bede. The passage may, in a few words, have this sense. Every gift which I have to make will go to do you good. For ye compel children, it is meant, to say to their parents, That gift which I was going to offer to God, I expend on feeding you, and does you good. O father and mother, speaking this ironically, thus they would be afraid to accept what had been given into the hands of God, and might prefer a life of poverty to living on consecrated property. Pseudo-Jerome. Mystically again, the disciples eating with unwashed hands signifies the future fellowship of the Gentiles with the apostles. The cleansing and washing of the Pharisees is barren, but the fellowship of the apostles, though without washing, has stretched out its branches as far as the sea. Verses 14 through 23. And when he had called all the people unto him, he said unto them, Hearken unto me, every one of you, and understand. There is nothing from without a man that entering into him can defile him. But the things which come out of him, those are they that defile the man. If any man have ears to hear, let him hear. And when he was entered into the house from the people, his disciples asked him concerning the parable. And he saith unto them, Are ye so without understanding also? Do ye not perceive that whatsoever thing from without entereth into the man, it cannot defile him, because it entereth not into his heart, but into the belly, and goeth out to the draught, purging all meats. And he said, That which cometh out of the man, that defile the man. For from within, out of the heart of men, proceed evil thoughts, adulteries, fornications, murders, thefts, covetousness, wickedness, deceit, lavaciousness, an evil eye, blasphemy, pride, foolishness. All these evil things come from within, and defile the man. Pseudo-Chrysostom. The Jews regard and murmur about only the bodily purification of the law. Our Lord wishes to bring in the contrary. Wherefore it is said, And when he had called all the people unto him, he said unto them, Hearken unto me every one, and understand that there is nothing from without a man that entering into him can defile him. But the things which come out of a man, those are they which defile a man, that is, which make him unclean. The things of Christ have relation to the inner man, but those which are of the law are visible and external, to which, as being bodily, the cross of Christ was shortly to put an end. Theophylact. 
but the intention of the Lord in saying this was to teach men that the observing of meats, which the law commands, should not be taken in a carnal sense, and from this he began to unfold to them the intent of the law. So Chrysostom. Again he subjoins, if any man have ears to hear, let him hear, for he had not clearly shown them what those things are which proceed out of a man, and defile a man. And on account of this saying, the apostles thought that the foregoing discourse of the Lord implied some other deep thing. Wherefore there follows, and when he was entered into the house from the people, his disciples asked him concerning the parable. They called it parable, because it was not clear. Theophylact. The Lord begins by chiding them, wherefore there follows, are ye so without understanding also? Bede. For that man is a faulty hearer who considers what is obscure to be clear speech, or what is clear to be obscurely spoken. Theophylact. Then the Lord shows what was hidden, saying, Do ye not perceive that whatsoever thing from without entereth into the man, it cannot make him common? Bede. For the Jews, boasting themselves to be the portion of God, call common those meats which all men use, as shellfish, hares, and animals of that sort. Not even, however, what is offered to idols is unclean, in as far as it is food and God's creature. It is the invocation of devils which makes it unclean. And he adds the cause of it, saying, Because it entereth not into his heart. The principal seat of the soul, according to Plato, is the brain, but according to Christ it is in the heart. Gloss. It says, therefore, into his heart, that is, into his mind, which is the principal part of his soul, on which his whole life depends. Wherefore it is necessary that according to the state of his heart a man should be called clean or unclean, and thus whatsoever does not reach the soul cannot bring pollution to the man. Meats, therefore, since they do not reach the soul, cannot in their own nature defile a man. But an inordinate use of meats, which proceeds from a want of order in the mind, makes men unclean. But that meats cannot reach the mind, he shows by that which he adds, saying, But into the belly, and goeth out into the draught, purging all meats. This, however, he says, without referring to what remains from the food in the body, for that which is necessary for the nourishment and growth of the body remains. But that which is superfluous goes out, and thus, as it were, purges the nourishment which remains. Augustine, for some things are joined to others in such a way as both to change and to be changed, just as food, losing its former appearance, is both itself turned into our body, and we too are changed, and our strength is refreshed by it. Further, a most subtle liquid, after the food has been prepared and digested in our veins and other arteries by some hidden channels, called from a Greek word, pores, passes through us and goes into the draught. Bede. Thus then, it is not meat that makes men unclean, but wickedness, which works in us the passions which come from within. Wherefore it goes on, and he said, That which cometh out of a man that defileth a man. Loss, the meaning of which he points out when he subjoins, for from within, out of the heart of men, proceed evil thoughts. And thus it appears that evil thoughts belong to the mind, 
which is here called the heart, and according to which a man is called good or bad, clean or unclean. Bede. From this passage are condemned those men who suppose that thoughts are put into them by the devil, and do not arise from their own evil will. The devil may excite and help on evil thoughts. He cannot be their author. Gloss. From evil thoughts, however, evil actions proceed to greater lengths, concerning which it is added adulteries, that is, acts which consist in the violation of another man's bed. Fornications, which are unlawful connections between persons not bound by marriage. Murders, by which hurt is inflicted on the person of one's neighbor. Thefts, by which his goods are taken from him. Covetness, by which things are unjustly kept. Wickedness, which consists in calumniating others. Deceit in overreaching them. Levaciousness, to which belongs any corruption of mind or body. Theophylact, an evil eye, that is, hatred and flattery. For he who hates turns an evil and envious eye on him whom he hates. And a flatterer, looking askance at his neighbor's goods, leads him into evil. Blasphemies, that is, faults committed against God. Pride, that is, contempt of God. When a man ascribes the good which he does not to God but to his own virtue. Foolishness, that is, an injury against one's neighbor. Gloss, or foolishness consists in wrong thoughts concerning God, for it is opposed to wisdom, which is the knowledge of divine things. It goes on, all these evil things come from within and defile the man, for whatsoever is in the power of a man is imputed to him as a fault, because all such things proceed from the interior will, by which man is master of his own actions. Verses 24 through 30 and from thence he arose, and went into the borders of Tyre and Sidon, and entered into a house, and would have no man know it, but he could not be hid. For a certain woman, whose daughter had an unclean spirit, heard of him, and came and fell at his feet. The woman was a Greek, a Syrophoenician by nation, and she besought him that he would cast forth the devil out of her daughter. But Jesus said unto her, Let the children first be filled, for it is not meet to take the children's bread, and to cast it unto the dogs. And she answered and said unto him, Yes, Lord, yet the dogs under the table eat of the children's crumbs. And he said unto her, For this saying, Go thy way, the devil is gone out of thy daughter. And when she was come to her house, she found the devil gone, and her daughter laid upon the bed. Theophylact, after the Lord had finished his teaching concerning food, Seeing that the Jews were incredulous, he enters into the country of the Gentiles. For the Jews being unfaithful, salvation turns itself to the Gentiles. Wherefore it is said, And from thence he arose, and went into the borders of Tyre and Sidon. Pseudo-Chrysostom Tyre and Sidon were the places of the Canaanites. Therefore the Lord comes to them, not as to his own, but as to men who had nothing in common with the fathers, to whom the promise was made. And therefore he comes in such a way that his coming should not be known to the Tyrenians and Sidonians. Wherefore it continues, and entered into a house, and would have no man know it. For the time had not come for his dwelling with the Gentiles, and bringing them to the faith. For this was not to be, till after his cross and resurrection. 
Theophylact, or else his reason for coming in secret was that the Jews should not find occasion of blame against him, as if he had passed over to the unclean Gentiles. It goes on, but he could not be hid. Pseudo-Augustine, but if he wished to do so and could not, it appears as if his will was impotent. It is not possible, however, that our Savior's will should not be fulfilled, nor can he will a thing which he knows ought not to be. Therefore, when a thing has taken place, it may be asserted that he has willed it. But we should observe that this happened amongst the Gentiles, to whom it was not time to preach. Nevertheless, not to receive them when they came to the faith of their own accord would have been to begrudge them the faith. So then it came to pass that the Lord was not made known by his disciples. Others, however, who had seen him entering the house, recognized him, and it began to be known that he was there. His will, therefore, was that he should not be proclaimed by his own disciples, but that others should come to seek him. And so it took place. Bede, having entered also into the house, he commanded his disciples not to betray who he was to any one in this unknown region, that they on whom he had bestowed the grace of healing might learn by his example, as far as they could, to shrink from the glory of human praise to the showing forth of their miracles. Yet they were not to cease from the pious work of virtue, when either the faith of the good justly deserved that miracles should be done, or the unfaithfulness of the wicked might necessarily compel them. For he himself made known his entry into that place to the Gentile woman, and to whomsoever he would. Pseudo-Augustine. Lastly, the Canaanitish woman came in to him, on hearing of him. If she had not first submitted herself to the God of the Jews, she would not have obtained their benefit. Concerning her, it continues, for a woman whose daughter had an unclean spirit, as soon as she had heard of him, came in and fell at his feet. Pseudo-Chrysostom. Now by this the Lord wished to show his disciples that he opened the door of faith even to the Gentiles, wherefore also the nation of the woman is described when it is added, the woman was a Gentile, a Syrophoenician by nation, that is, from Syria of Phoenici. It goes on, and she besought him that he would cast forth the devil out of her daughter. Augustine, it appears, however, that some question about a discrepancy may be raised, because it is said that the Lord was in the house when the woman came to her, asking about her daughter. When, however, Matthew says that his disciples had suggested to him, send her away, for she crieth after us, he appears to imply nothing less than that the woman uttered supplicating cries after the Lord as he walked. How then do we infer that she was in the house except by gathering it from Mark, who says that she came in to Jesus, after having before said that he was in the house. But Matthew, in that he says, he answered her not a word, give us to understand that he went out during that silence from the house. Thus, too, the other events are connected together, so that they now in no way disagree. It continues, But he said unto her, Let the children be first filled. Bede. The time will come when even you who are the Gentiles will obtain salvation. 
but it is right that first the Jews, who deservedly are wont to be called by the name of children of God's ancient election, should be refreshed with heavenly bread, and that so at length the food of life should be ministered to the Gentiles. There follows, for it is not meet to take the children's bread and to cast it to the dogs. Pseudo-Chrysostom, these words he uttered not that there is in him a deficiency of virtue to prevent his ministering to all, but because his benefit, if ministered to both Jews and Gentiles who had no communication with each other, might be a cause of jealousy. Theophylact, he calls the Gentiles dogs as being thought wicked by the Jews, and he means by bread the benefit which the Lord promised to the children, that is, to the Jews. The sense, therefore, is that it is not right for the Gentiles first to be partakers of the benefit, promised principally to the Jews. The reason, therefore, why the Lord does not immediately hear, but delays his grace, is that he may also show that the faith of the woman was firm, and that we may learn not at once to grow weary in prayer, but to continue earnest till we obtain. Pseudo-Chrysostom, in like manner also to show the Jews that he did not confer healing on foreigners in the same degree as to them, and that by the discovery of the woman's faith, the unfaithfulness of the Jews might be the more laid bare. For the woman did not take it ill, but with much reverence assented to what the Lord had said. Wherefore it goes on, and she answered and said unto him, Truth, Lord, but the dogs under the table eat of the children's crumbs. Theophylact, as if she had said, The Jews have the whole of that bread which comes down from heaven, and thy benefits also. I ask for the crumbs, that is, a small portion of the benefit. Pseudochrysostom, her placing herself, therefore, in the rank of dogs, is a mark of her reverence, as if she said, I hold it as a favor to be even in the position of a dog, and to eat not from another table, but from that of the master himself. Theophylact, because, therefore, the woman answered with much wisdom, she obtained what she wanted. Wherefore there follows, and he said unto her, etc. He said not, My virtue hath made thee whole, but for this saying, that is, for thy faith, which is shown by this saying, Go thy way, the devil is gone out of thy daughter. It goes on, and when she was come into her house, she found her daughter laid upon the bed, and the devil gone out. Bede. On account, then, of the humble and faithful saying of her mother, the devil left the daughter. Here is given a precedent for catechizing and baptizing infants, seeing that by the faith and confession of the parents, infants are freed in baptism from the devil, though they can neither have knowledge in themselves or do either good or evil. Pseudo-Jerome. Mystically, however, the Gentile woman who prays for her daughter is our mother of the Church of Rome, her daughter afflicted with the devil is the barbarian western race, which by faith has been turned from a dog into a sheep. She desires to take the crumbs of spiritual understanding, not the unbroken bread of the letter. Theophylact, the soul of each of us also, when he falls into sin, becomes a woman, and this soul has a daughter who is sick, that is, evil actions. This daughter again has a devil, for evil actions arise from devils. Again, sinners are called dogs, being filled with uncleanness, for which reason we are not worthy to receive the bread of God, or be made partakers 
of the immaculate mysteries of God. If, however, in humility, knowing ourselves to be dogs, we confess our sins, then the daughter, that is, our evil life, shall be healed. End of chapter 7, verses 1 through 30.